Listener exclusive. Little floating loving dickheads Dreaming about a premiership cup We love our clubs but they never win Two flags in 100 years That shit house if you think we'll be insightful Clever or just well researched We're here to say that's not the case We'll just go out and wing it We are two guys, one cup Hello and welcome to Two Guys, One Cup Summer Edition. I'm Charlie Clawson and this is my club where I chat to some famous Aussies about the clubs they love and sometimes hate. And uh, this week we have a very special guest. You know him from Gogglebox and the Adam and Simon Show. Simon Lovett, welcome to Two Guys, One Cup. Uh, For full transparency to the audience, this is our second attempt to start the show. Uh, yeah, look, I spoke through the first one. The the first intro I'm going to put out there, mate, was way better. We should have kept that one. We should have kept the first one. Uh, this one, subpar, but that's okay. We can bounce back. No. Uh, I actually Lorna, was just I thinking, think I-, I don't know how you do it, mate. Zoom all the time. Oh, you'd go crazy. I think subpar is uh, perfect um, for two guys <laughs> who barrack for the clubs that we barrack for, uh, St Kilda and North Melbourne. Mm. Fair to say the Kangaroos have had a, lot, had a lot of bad press in the last five years. Like a lot of people been down on the Kangaroos. And I guess because of the era in which I kind of really fell in love with footy, because it was the Carey era, that made an indelible impression on my brain. So I never really like see the Kangaroos as being like, underachievers or like a lowly club because, you know, in my teenage years, they were this powerhouse, you know, like with the best player in the competition. But I guess it's relative, right? Like you're t- you're, uh, this is coming from a guy whose club's won one flag <laughs> and we're entering our 150th year this year, yes. one flag. You know, we never really had it. Well, we had a dominant era. We had a dominant era in which we didn't win any flags. Mm. Perfect. We had a season in which we lost like two games for the year and we still couldn't win a flag. Is that how you feel about North Melbourne? Do you sort of feel like that that criticism is unjustified or do you think, I oh, know, well, that's fair enough? I. It's funny because I was talking to someone about this the other day where, as you said, in the, you know, the 90s, we were officially the most dominant team of the 90s. Friday we the Night Kangaroos. Correct. We, mate, we brought it to the big time. We had the best player in the comp. And yet still I would go to the football wondering whether or not we'd win. And that I think he probably sums it up. Like from all of the objective data, I should have been the most confident man going, yet maybe because of where I grew up. I grew up just uh, next to Essendon. So there was lots of Essendon supporters who would constantly remind me that the Kangaroos were no good. And I think that's probably where – it all started, and then mate, the media is a powerful thing these days. We all people have come to realise what what it can do for better or for worse. Mm. I think the media just being like, "Nah, North Melbourne suck," and everyone's like, "Yeah, probably." I mean, they might, well, they might not. Well, it's like anytime there is a discussion about like a merger or mm-hmm. a relocation, it's always North Melbourne is first in the chopping block. Mm. And I just again, like I always feel like it must be. F- Fucking hard to be a kangaroo supporter when no one seems to respect your team's kind of sovereignty. Like, <laughs> I know there's a lot of cookers out there who are arguing about being a sovereign citizen. Yes. Like, North Melbourne should become the cookers of the AFL, <laughs> where it's like, we are sovereign citizens. You cannot tell us we have to relocate. You cannot tell us we have to have this membership level. We're going to be, the, we, we are, we are the, we're the ruse, and this is what we do. And, like, based on all the objective data, 
we're not doing the worst by a fairly large stretch. No, like we take no debt. No AFL money, no handouts. Look, unfortunately, we were the first, or fortunately, the first to ditch the pokies, which, as it turns out, wasn't great if you didn't have another financial stream, it turns out. <laughs> but as soon as we did that... It was- yeah, those Jason Horn Francis Guernseys weren't selling as fast as you thought mm. they were going to. Yeah, we, we were actually looking to also sign Cristiano Ronaldo just to get some jersey sales up and uh, <laughs> finance, the, finance the new building at Arden Street. But you're right. Like, it has just been oppressive for such a long time, even though – and what's the argument? People go, oh, you'll be going to Tassie. It's like, why? Yeah. Why would? Why are we going to Tassie? But no one has any other argument other than they just don't like us. It's weird too because I, I, I had Georgie Parker on a, a while back and she was sort of – it was a very backhanded compliment. She was trying to say, oh, like I really admire North – and Saint supporters because oh, you got you, bar- you you barrack for these nothing clubs <laughs> and I was like I was like hang on <laughs> that's uh, yes. you know you're talking about something that means quite a lot to me but you know I I understand it like objectively from the outside there was a moment last year I don't know if you remember this it was during um, when the Kangaroos were playing Carlton and Jason Horn Francis they were getting stuck into him the Blues players mm-hmm. and Jack Silvani you couldn't hear it but you could lip read he was staring at him and said your club shit mate <laughs> your club shit and I remember watching that going, that is so cruel. Like, that is the meanest thing. I understand, like, you know, competitive spirit, you've got to say whatever it is to win. But even I was like, oh, come on, Jack, that's a bit too far. The insults are always so personal. So the ones between Carlton and Collingwood, they've got this rich history and they hate each other and they're like, oh, you guys are wankers and you guys are this or that or whatever it is. But, yeah, people, that's the insult for North Melbourne. It's like, oh, you guys aren't even shit. You just like irrelevant. Like if you yeah. went away, no one would notice. And you're like, oh, that one, that's the one that stings the most. Yeah. Well, I remember a mate of mine, he's a Bombers supporter. Um, we used to work together. It was during preseason, you know, a few years ago now. And I said to him, well, I'm going to go duck out of work early and just go, they're having an intra club down at Moorabbin. Do you want to come with me? And he's like, yeah, okay, no worries. Mm. And so we jumped on the train, got off at Moorabbin and we're walking to the ground and he looked at me and he's laughing and I'm like, what? And he's like, it's just so weird. He's gone like, if this was Victoria Park or Princess Park, I'd be getting kind of anxious, but he's gone, it's Moorabbin. I walk in here, I don't have any anxiety about walking <laughs> into here. And I was like, you son of a bitch. Like, don't yeah. even don't even pretend to be intimidated by my club. And like our greatest like inter- internet meme at the moment is just like all the lovely nuffies at the pub going kanga 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 roo 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 <laughs> and it's just like ah oh, that's like that's our most famous thing like our most famous things are that and that our best ever player is arguably a bad guy yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like our two like they're our two memorable features oh no no uh you've got malcolm blight kicking like uh one of the longest yeah one of the longest goals ever that that's that's something and the person on a runaway elephant (laughs) that's right and also was it north melbourne who used to carry the blanket around the boundary line you just throw that they'd throw throw coins over the fence there's like a fundraiser i think that was about right yeah that sounds about right it's so it's so sad it's actually so sad but but I think if you are into an underdog story, like how can you not get behind the kangaroos? Like it feels like it couldn't get any worse than last year. Just like, I mean, the baby got thrown out with the bathwater. Clearly when they cut that list deep, when Brad Scott cut mm-hmm. the list and he said, let's get rid of like yep. Harvey and all. I'll never forgive him. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that uh, that's, all right, let's, let's stay on that point. So mm. how did you feel when that happened? Did you think that that was 
Did you did did any part of you go? Oh, it's kind of ruthless efficiency. This is what you need to do no. to succeed. Right. It, it was more on like, okay, I get it, and I understand that. Uh, the Brent Harvey one. Look, Drew Petrie, I get it. That's okay. Like he was Del there for Santo. a long time. Del Santo. Like a lot of that experience, I get that. But the guy who has the games record holder, mate, he can just trundle around on a walking frame if you've got no one better. Yeah. Like just let him keep going and go because it's it's literally record breaking stuff. And Brad Scott was the guy who's like, nah, I'm bigger than this. You you can go. Yeah. And like I saw a tweet at that time and I always forget it. It was if Brent Harvey was 22 years old and he was kicking two goals and 17 possessions, which is what he was averaging when they made him retire, you'd pay him 800 grand and sign him for five years. Yeah. And like he was still dominating, still running away from people. There's a bit of footage where he was playing at Marvel and he picked up the ball, sent a wing got it, took three bounces and just the most precision inside 50. And he and then they show you the vision from like behind the goals and there's three opposition players trying to chase him and it's like, oh, you're 24, <laughs> you're 22 and Brent Harvey, you're 37. <laughs> and like legging it and you're like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like what are you doing this for? Like it don't – it just seemed like this big power grab. Like nah, no man's bigger than the club. It's like, well, yeah. some people are. Some people are. I, I think the, the issue is when you got a player like that, it would have been like halves at St Kilda. Yes. You know, and, and thank, thankfully for us we didn't have to force him out the door, but he probably would have kept playing until he was 50. Like Brent Harvey strikes me as the same kind of – didn't he go to like the amateurs and then like he was racking up like 60 touches a game and kicking like six goals? Unbelievable. Like he could have easily gone to another club, but there's certain players where it's like you want them to have a dignified exit, but – can you guarantee that they they will exit? And, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I reckon he's a freak of nature. He was just one of the – like a Michael Tuck, you know, just one of those players that could have gone around forever. But it's just you've got to sell memberships. You've got to get draft picks in. There would have been a fairly vocal part of the board, I imagine, saying, oh, we can't be hanging on to some player from the late 90s. Like, we need to – we need to. it's better we just rip the Band-Aid off now. But it's – Proved to be a disaster. I mean, that's the that's the kind of where where you're at now. And I feel bad for everyone who has come into this system trying to fix it. Like David Noble is not he – people have sort of like lumped, you know, oh, he was a terrible coach and he's a great administrator or a bad coach. Look, anyone who took that job on was going into a developmental position, mm -hmm. you know. And he even said that, I think, in one of his press conferences is like, my job is not to win games necessarily. It's to instill standards. Look, I don't know whether or not he did that, but I feel like there's been no patience. And especially with, you know, those contrarians in the media, yeah, I'm looking at you, Kane Corns. <laughs> like, oh my God. Kane Corns, what's his issue with North Melbourne? Is it because, is it just the Justin Horn Francis thing? He just cannot stop laying the boots into North Melbourne. You appoint Clarko. He's like, stop taking a victory lap. Yep. You know, like Jason Horn Francis gets on his go, oh, you're forced him out of the club. It's like, why not pick on one yes. of the big clubs? It's so interesting, isn't it? But, but I don't know if it's because it's like this recency bias where because they're talking about it, they look for more things and then more things happen and then it happens again and then the next thing and the next thing. But I tell you what, I'd love to go a week without hearing about North Melbourne in the news. It would be yeah. the best. And, like, <laughs> look, to be honest, they haven't handled a lot of things great lately. Yeah. I mean, we had one coach who got instilled. The next one, 
had a borderline mental breakdown. Yeah. Then the next one wasn't very good. Then we drafted a number one pick who hated everything and wanted to leave. Turns out Jack mm. Silvani may or may not have been right. That's fair enough. <laughs> then we've got like our next best player. We try to bring him in and then he he's like driving without a license and then he's doing some very unscrupulous things via text. And now our president has breast cancer and it's like I'd love to just – not be in the news for a week. You forgot to mention your entire recruiting staff walked out halfway through the season yes. as well. Yeah, everyone was like, this actually stinks. It's like, yep. So like I, I I haven't really seen it as bad, but I don't know where the hope is coming from that makes it feel bad. Like if you're yeah. if you're realistic about everything, we're not very good. Our players need development. I should have no expectation. Yet here I am a little bit sad that all of these bad things are happening. Like I feel like a Carlton supporter who every yeah. year in round one is like, this is our year, and then they get mm. shit-pumped by Richmond by 80 points, and it's like, maybe it's not our year again. I'm all disappointed. Well, you know it's bad when like pre-season is normally the time where it's all just possibilities. It's mm. all potential. Like anything can happen. But when you're just opening the paper each day and it's like, fuck, what else is going to go wrong yes. at this club? It's like this is the part of the year I'm meant to enjoy. Like I'm going to be suffering for like 22 weeks, you know, yes. soon enough. Can't I just have this time to pretend like things are going to be okay? Mm. Well, I think what happened last year, and I think maybe Adam might have mentioned this when he was on on your show talking about our social media team. Mm. So there, there actually were too good last year. Like right before we hopefully hit rock bottom, they were jazzing everyone up about the number one pick and doing all that. And it was like, oh, we're hopeful. And it's like, we are shit. Like <laughs> just put up nothing. Like put up nothing and give me no hope so that I can go into the season and be like, yeah, we are shit. Like we suck. Like just put all the clangers. Like put a highlight reel of the clangers. And I'm like, oh, we suck. What is the point? It's like I'll still buy my membership, but I'm not going to watch anything. Like I just – I don't give a shit. Just make me – but now every year they put up like these funny memes and I'm like, are we on? Are we actually on right now? <laughs> I think we could be good. Like this is – and then we go and play and then we shit. It sucks. It sucks. It's the, it's the hope that kills you. It's it the hope that, that, so. that kills you. I mean I, I know um, a few people at the Saints and – you know, last year when, like, you know, we were eight and three, looking good, yes, and then yes. like the wheels fell apart. What happened? Can can we? Yeah, you, do you want to turn the tables? You I'd, interview me. I'd love yeah. to. Yeah, Just like <laughs> <laughs> stop talking about the kangaroos. Um, okay, here's what happened. I think um, there's a few things. A, we've sort of we topped up with a bunch of kind of talent from outside that we didn't develop, like Paddy Ryder and Brad Hill and um, Zach Jones and stuff, who were all good players, but. You know, um, Zach Jones, injury prone. Paddy Ryder was probably in his last legs. And I think that that papered over a few cracks. So for the first half of the season, we're looking really good with, you know, Paddy Ryder and, and, and Ron Marshall as our ruck combo. That was our point of difference to any other clubs. We had two kind of start-up ruckmen. But then I think Jack Steele gets injured in the Geelong game. We have a bye. And then it was weird. At the first half of the year, I was – because there was a couple of games where we came back from like deficits and won. And it's like, oh, I haven't seen this for like a decade where, you know. Were you hopeful? Were you watching hopefully? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was – look, I'm the biggest cynic and sceptic you'll ever meet when it comes to the Saints. I like this. But that I allowed myself to feel something. Cool. <laughs> I'm an, you idiot. I'm an idiot. I allowed myself to fall in love again. <laughs> I even said to my wife, I remember this really distinctly, like we'd just beaten, I don't know who, maybe it was Geelong or something, and we'd gone eight and three. And I said to my wife, well, I guess we can't go away in September. 
because the Saints oh, are definitely no. making the finals. I uttered those oh, words. no. I might as well have put a hex on the club. And then the thing about us is that there are just certain – we are bunnies for certain teams. Like mm. we can't beat Port Adelaide. We can't beat Essendon. This is like – you know, there thing. are certain laws of the universe like gravity and stuff. One of those laws is St Kilda. No matter our ladder position and the Bombers' ladder position, they will always beat us. We just can't beat fucking Essendon. Essendon, who are almost as big a basket case as the Kangaroos last year, and we couldn't beat them. And then I think – there was a bunch of kind of just – I think that there was uh, there was a lack of a strong guiding hand at the club. And I loved Rats. I really do. But I think that, you know, that's obviously what they've gone for with Ross Lyon. You know, Ross Lyon is a, a big personality and, you know, he kind of – he for, for better or worse, he sets standards. And I think that that's what the club felt that they were lacking is when things go wrong, you've got to be able to fall back on your standards. We don't drop our heads. We maintain these kind of training standards, but that's not where it was. I went to the the best and fairest. Um, I was emceeing it and I there was a weird feeling in the room that night. Like I got this strange sense that like something was afoot and then two weeks later, you know, Brett Radden gets wow. sacked. So. Yeah, there was. I just feel there was a bit of a disconnect happening at that club at the yeah. time. It's funny, isn't it? The the um, the flux into young coaches doing, you know, coming in. There was the Scots, and there there was all these young coaches who were coming in and doing these dynamic things with established teams. And I was like, maybe this is the way. Yeah. And it just turned out that no, like young twenty year old players actually just need Coach Carter to come in and tell them to wear a tie and go to school. It depends on the team. Like, yeah, mm. Brisbane gets Fagan. It works for them. You know, hopefully for the Kangaroos with Clarko and the Saints with Ross Lyon. But yep. then look at Collingwood. Everyone thought Collingwood was going to finish bottom four last year. They get a first-time coach in and he just instills them with this kind of, like, confidence. Like, who would have thought? In a million years, did you ever think you would be excited and looking forward to a Collingwood game, like seeing Collingwood win? Every week. It was crazy. It was like the greatest I magic trick that they ever pulled. I loved it. It was like they made you a Collingwood fan. And it's like that's never happened in my 40-something years of following footy. But made everyone a Collingwood fan too. Just these young kids running around playing exciting football, almost doing it like, and I you know, despair at the thought of saying it, playing it the right way. Like they just kept <laughs> moving the ball forward. Just move it forward, move it forward, yeah. move it forward, move it forward. That was like the aim. I remember at the last game of the season, Collingwood-Carlton, I was at the Londoner Hotel in Richmond. Oh, what a great game. And it was Sunday and it was close and the whole joint was jumping Absolutely jumping and everyone, you know, through the game was kind of drinking beers and hanging out with their mates and then slowly but surely everyone just kind of turned their head to the big screen and then by the end everyone were going bananas, absolutely bananas. I'm running around with like a Collingwood beanie on yelling out flag pies in front of like <laughs> people's faces because I just wanted to celebrate something. Something. Flag pies and I was like this is what it feels like to just support a yeah. successful team. It was Tell you what, mate, it felt very nice. <laughs> it's such a strange foreign feeling for us. That game in particular, like I'm in a WhatsApp with a bunch of footy fans that's dominated by Carlton fans. Mm -hmm. And I actually didn't see the game live, but I was getting their commentary. And then, you know, around about halfway through the third quarter, like I could just see this panic setting in. And so when yes. I sat down to watch that game, I knew the result. And I knew the consequences of the result. This game has now knocked Carlton out of the finals. And watching it, knowing that they were going to lose, I was like, how did they lose this? They were in such a commanding position, you know, halfway through that game. 
and to see it all fall Funny. apart. Amazing. Wonderful. And and for the first time ever, like, it's just like, oh, this is great. I just want to see Collingwood smash this team now. Like, I just yes. want to see him do it. It's never happened to me before. It was so bizarre. But I think it was just all these young kids, which is strange also because it was young kids also with old Collingwood names, like Dacos running down the wing, kicking it yeah. to another Dacos. And you're like, oh. I shouldn't like this, but I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? I guess, like, visually, you can replace the blue vertical stripes uh, for black. And so, yeah. you know, it sort of feels like you're supporting it. If you squint, you'll know, watch it in low light. Well, it feels like you're watching the kangaroos. This joke, my mum's, um, my mum had a work friend who, in the 90s, when the kangaroos were dominating, that was always his joke. You know when you'd get taken to your parents' work and you'd be there just colouring away and he'd walk in and he'd be like, oh, so I'm... I watched the Kangaroos the other night. Oh, what a great game. What a great – I actually just watched it in black and white though so that I could enjoy Collingwood winning. I was like, genius. That's so good. That's a good joke. So, that's a good gag. That's a good gag in the 90s when Collingwood haven't won anything for a while. They're playing terribly. <laughs> See, they were us. If only TVs. I, I might have to work on with my saturations or something. I don't know. Put a lens over it. So uh, the, there's a player that I am fascinated with, uh, the Kangaroos, and that's Cam Zerha mm. because he feels like he could be anything, maybe untapped potential. I know there was a bit of talk about him maybe going to the Bombers in the off-season, which hasn't happened. You imagine that's the Clarko factor. I mean, you might be a bit one-eyed, but what's the ceiling on this kid? Like how good could he be? He's an interesting guy because for, for so – kind of much of his career and his performance, he just kind of looks like he doesn't care yeah. about the club or football. <laughs> and you're like, well, this is weird because you could be like, you're obviously very, very talented. He's very much, well, he's he's basically Jake Stringer in the, ah, the exactly, same concept yeah. where it's like you could Explosive. win a Brownlow if you wanted to, but you probably don't. So therefore it's more like that Cyril vibe where remember there was like five years or three years of Cyril where it was like, he's going to be amazing. This is incredible. And then there were three years of Cyril where it was like, he's a bust, he's no good. And then everyone just appreciated that what you get from Cyril is guaranteed two goals, guaranteed 13 kicks, guaranteed high-pressure acts, that, and everything will change the game. And it's like, yeah. well, if you just accept that that's what happens, you can just love Cyril again. And he's a little yeah. bit like that. Like if you, As long as you're not hoping that he kicks 10 goals and gets 25 touches – but if you just hope that he kicks three goals and, you know, four times a year, he'll win you a game off his own boot, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome to watch. And all off-season, he's been trolling Jason Horn francis Has he? Which, is like that, which then makes you feel like he cares about North Melbourne and, like, that's Hang his on. place. Hang on. This is news to me. So what kind of trolling? What are we talking? Oh, just regulation internet trolling. So he- <laughs> Like, are we memes or what, yeah. are we, what are we talking? Really? Yeah. So he put- He's got up um, an Instagram page. I'll see if I can find it. He's got an Instagram page that is, like, the bull goes cooking or something like this because he does, like, cooking videos on the internet. This is Cam <laughs> Zerha. God, footballers are funny. They're just bizarre humans. Yeah. And then when Horn Francis got traded, a bull's cooking, he put up a post. I cannot remember what it was at the time, but it just explicitly referenced Jason Horn Francis. It was just like, what a good day to have a good day or something. Yeah, right. And that's all he put up. Oh, and you're like, and everyone knows what this is. And then he doubled down on something else. And then there was another, when Jason Horn Francis, he put up a video of him in a Port Adelaide jumper or something like that, and then Cam Zerha reposted the video with like "looks good" or something, and it just right. just like you think real, it was sarcastic, only sarcastic. That's interesting. Yeah, and all just yeah, because you would really think that he just doesn't care. So maybe he either just doesn't like Jason Horn Francis 
or he likes well, North that, Melbourne. Who knows? Well, what, what was your read on the whole Jason Horn Francis situation? Like, do you think that they? Because I personally hate the go home factor. Like, I just find it such a shitty excuse. You know, like you're a professional athlete. You've had years to prepare for this moment. Like, especially if you were in WA or South Australia and the majority of the teams in Victoria, there is a good chance you're going to go to a Victorian club. So the idea that you're not prepared for this or you don't have the ability to kind of adjust. And as uh, Will pointed out on our regular podcast, like I can understand wanting to go home to like a beautiful place, but like go home to Adelaide. <laughs> oh, correct. God, <laughs> you what do you mean? You live in inner city Melbourne. Like it's what's the, the best what's, place ever. North Melbourne's cool, man. There's like plenty of great things to do in North Melbourne. It's just, What's the issue? Yeah, it was so bizarre. But, like, I, I was so happy that he left. Like, oh, halfway through okay. the season, he just very much struck me as a too hard basket type of guy. It was like, oh, I've won at every level possible. Uh, and then I've come to the AFL and it's really hard. And, look, admittedly, the club was in an utter shambles. But you look at a guy like Took Miller, he gets drafted mm. to the Gold Coast. And I've heard him talk in a few interviews. He's like... They were the guys who had faith in me, so yeah. I'm here for life. And yeah. he's like, doesn't matter what happens. He's like, if I win a premiership, I'd love to, but if I don't, okay, well, that's that's my lot in life. That's okay. Yeah. But Horn Francis point. just strikes me as a guy who was very much too hard basket, which falls very much into – I need to go home. It's like, well, go home, bro. Cause- I, I mean, I, you don't want to go too hard on an 18-year-old, and I, and I get that. But there is this sort of sense of like – and I think that Took Miller is a, is a great example because when Isaac Rankin went back to Adelaide, like, you know, apparently it was like, you know, the senior players like Ben King and, and Took tried to get him to, to stay and he wouldn't do it. And they were like, all right, well, you're persona non grata. Like, see you later. Yes. And I think that – there is something like that's leadership, you know, and it, maybe it's too much to put on an 18-year-old and who knows, you know, what structures were put in place to sort of support him when he got to North Melbourne, but it does feel attitudinal, you know what I mean? Like it does sort of feel like because yep. there, there was that bit of footage was it where Todd Goldstein was trying to yes. talk to him on the field yep. and he was kind of blowing him off. And Goldie came out afterwards and said that's the vision was misleading. He wasn't blowing me off. He was just frustrated with himself and I was just trying to get him to focus. But it, it does make you wonder, like, they do so much psychological testing and, you know, there's that photo of him when he got drafted where he was he went to sleep in his sleeping in the North Melbourne Guernsey and yep. it's like, well, that, 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 seems, that seems good. But yeah. who knows? Like something happened in that 12-month period. Yeah, look, I have no doubt it would have been a Brutally tough environment to come into, and you've you, like what the leadership there is kind of like Jack Zebel. Like the whole leadership group is journeymen. Like there's no A graders. There's no like you. You look at Collingwood. You like a guy like Scott Prenderbury's holding up the greatest of standards, and he's one of the best footballers ever. Mm. And you you look at like a, a Nick Dacos. Like he looks around, and someone goes, "Well, like Scott Prenderbury's doing this. So what are you doing? Like yeah. stop messing about." Whereas at North, it's like, you know, if you if you come in with the wrong attitude as the number one pick and you've got Jack Zebel telling you what to do, I could see how you would be like, oh, piss off, mate. Like, what have you done? Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean. I don't need a nice bath. I'm going to go back to Adelaide for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, far out. Go swim. Go for a swim at Glenelg Beach and get eaten by a shark or something. That would be horrible. <laughs> you know, like, 
But as you said, he's an 18-year-old kid and I'm a 36-year-old man incredibly frustrated yeah. with him. So who wins? Who wins this one? Uh, but I, I know, like, you know, we, we're the club that drafted Paddy McCartan. I know yes. what it's like. What was he like? Bloke. Was he attitude? Like, he was obviously Concussion City. No, he was great. And then- oh, yeah, Concussion City. No, they, he, they had no issues with him as a club man. I met him a couple of times when he got drafted and he was, like, a really good guy. Like, he had leadership written all over him, big, powerful forward. He wasn't sort of like your glamour forward, like a Buddy Franklin or whatever, more like a Tom Hawkins. Love it. Dependable, strong guy. But, yeah, man, just the injuries got to him and it was just – for most Saints fans, the issue was never with Paddy McCartan. He didn't control who drafted him. It was the fact that we had Petrarca or McCartan <laughs> and Petrarca was widely acknowledged in all by all draft watchers to be the best player going around. Mm. But we – Revolt was getting to the end of his run and we're like, we need to get another power forward. Tom Boyd had just gone to the Bulldogs for like $8 million or something and yes. so the attitude was – if there's a key forward, you nab him because you don't want to be paying overs in five years' time when you're trying to build your, your premiership list. So, look, anything with the benefit of hindsight, you know, maybe you'd go in a different direction. But it does great to see him go to Sydney and basically have an all-Australian season at centre-half back because it's like why couldn't we think of that? Like why didn't we go, oh, he's getting <laughs> – you know, what he's getting smacked in the head. What if we put him behind the ball so he can see the play coming towards him? He's not having players crashing into the back of him. He's not running back with the flight of the ball. And, you know, good luck to him. I'm, you know, I'm more than happy for him. It's like, how the fuck did that happen to us? All the bad shit happens to us. Like, how come that happens to us? Always. Like, it's just, I, I just love the, even the tone of your voice then you're like, why couldn't we think of that? It was like it's this <laughs> groundbreaking revolutionary thought. It's like. Maybe put him somewhere else. Like <laughs> Where it doesn't no, get in no the head. one thought about it. Everyone's like, "No, nah, we couldn't do that. We couldn't." It was like when North Melbourne had Magic Door all the time, and we experimented mm. for positions and positions and positions, and then you know we put him in the forward line. He couldn't do that. We put him in the ruck. Couldn't do that. But we always kept him forward of the ball, and then we put him at centre half back, and he was so athletic. He had no game sense whatsoever, but he was so athletic that he just stood next to his guy who would run him to the ball and then Majak would never lose a contest. He was number one intercept marks. He was champion data, our only A-graded player that year. Really? Yeah, and then he had a, like the shocking off-season, big mental health issues, um, had to take the year off, broken hips, broken legs yeah. when um, with the bridge with the bridge incident, and then when he came back to play, we just played him in the forward line again. I was yeah. like, guys, I feel like we went through this for six years. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't, don't you dudes read big footy? Read big footy. Everyone's saying we should play him. All the armchair experts just put him in the back line like always. Yeah, that's where he played well, and it's just like it's so funny, isn't it? I wonder if. There's coaches or anything who who is reading big footy just for just to come up with like a real Ideas. left of sentence left of center idea that's like yeah maybe if we do do this that could work yeah I mean I read two footy forums there's sensational which is a, a hive of scum and villainy you don't ever want to visit there it's like such it a sad place but I'm convinced that the people who post there do think that the coaches read it because the, the, the passion which which they make positional changes, suggest administration changes, yes. how the club should be run is unbelievable. Like it's 
I mean, part of it is a bit of a hate read for me. I like to of go course, and just yeah. go, oh, God, I can't believe I'm one of you. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> like, Not I can't believe you support my team as well. It's like I can't believe I'm the same. Oh, no, I am the same. Like I don't, I'm not placing myself uh, self above them, but at least I don't go online and write about it. I do a podcast, Simon. <laughs> yes. that's the, I get guessing to difference. dilute my thoughts so that I don't <laughs> yeah. have to only talk about that, share the misery. That is so very funny. What is going to happen at the Saints this year? What, what's the expectation? Where are you at? Uh, it's changed a lot. We've had so many injuries over the preseason. Max King, you know, shoulder reconstruction in December. Uh, Jack Hayes is out. Matty Allison was our backup to those two. He's broken a metacarpal. What a metacarpal? Or you physio? What is yeah, it? Yeah, metacarpal. metacarpal. One, one in the foot, one in the hand. The one in his foot. The meta tarsal. The foot. The, the foot. Of, foot of tarsal. The foot of tarsal. <laughs> so, yep. The foot of tarsal. So he's out for most of the year. Um, so my expectations now are probably we won't. I thought we could have made. Five Finals mm-hmm. with um, you know a fully fit list and, and Ross coming in, mm-hmm. um, but I've been saying to people this is the Saints nostalgia tour. It's 150th year. We've brought back Ross. We've brought back Lenny. We've brought back Harves. Brought yes. back BJ. So it's a it's a it's a season in which it's just going to be all about feeling good about seeing some of our old greats. You, <laughs> you know, it. a bit bit heavier now. Well, Lenny looks exactly. Lenny looks like Lenny could probably go could onto the field. Yeah, Lenny and he'd probably play. be our best midfield. <laughs> Isn't that the best? There's always a player in every club. North Melbourne's is obviously Boomer Harvey. Whenever there's a video online of him, 10 comments. Yeah, so he looks still- like he could still play. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get him back in. Let's get him back in. It's just elite. And you know it's coming and you just click and you're like, drop down box, I want to just see it. And it's like, oh, get him back in the team. He looks good. You're like, yep. Yeah. So I think at, at, at best I reckon we're sort of mid-table. At worst, I wouldn't be surprised if we're a bottom four side this year. Um, which is actually brings us to the end of the show where I normally ask our guest where they think their club is going to finish. Now, the way we do it on Two Guys, One Cup is we like to break the ladder into three sections, top six, middle six, bottom six. Spoilers. How ambitious are you <laughs> for this no, year? I, I, I honestly, I, I cannot. Well, let's make it a bit more a bit more interesting. Rather than bottom six, uh, how many wins? You won two last year. Mm. Can you double that? No, absolutely not. Maybe three wins because three teams could have a bad day. And, I, yeah, I was just going to say that, like, I, I don't actually think – because when, when you're at this end of the ladder, it's more the, that bear analogy. You don't need to be the fastest. You just need to not be the slowest. <laughs> but I don't look at the ladder and see anyone slower than us. Oh, the Gold Coast, they could win more games than us. The Bombers, yeah, they'll win more than West us. West Coast. West well, let's Coast. see. So there's West Coast, Hawthorne, yep. West Coast, Hawthorne and Adelaide. But like Hawthorne and Adelaide both won eight games last year. West Coast just had a season from hell with COVID and, and injuries and stuff. So, yeah, it's hard to pick. And, and this year is arguably the you. best draft of the last three years. This is, so this just, is what yeah. they've been saying. <laughs> so so, so you've got your eyes on the prize. To get better. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, guys, yeah. we've been shit for a oh, while. I'll just do it again. Who cares? Like, don't worry about it. Oh, God, but isn't that I, the I way, though? To, I just hope to win clutch games. I just want to beat Essendon. I want to beat Carlton. I want to beat Essendon again. Uh, and that's it. If we literally – Okay, we well, there's season, your three wins. <laughs> if we had a whole season where we beat Essendon twice and that's it, success. I love it. Just the years of bullying would be perfect. <laughs> Well, I hope that they can deliver those two wins and give you a, a champagne year. Simon, thank you so much for coming on the show and good luck to the kangaroos in 2023. Thank you, mate. Thank you for having me. Listener.